Today, we're talking resourcefulness, taking action, moving forward, getting started already. If you're spinning your wheels and not getting the results that you need, this is the interview you must listen to. So stick around. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. I'm Adam Claremont, and this is, once again, the Adam Claremont Show, where we talk about how to start and grow a career in audio with actionable tips from me and from others. And before we begin, I want to talk to you a little bit about growing that business and growing that client list. Head over to adamclaremont.com slash client list because I've got a PDF guide that I would love for you to have. It's an easy step-by-step on how to start getting those greater clients, the better clients, the clients that really fit into what you do, the clients you want to have, the clients that you're looking at other people working with and going, I want those ones. If you don't really know how to get them, if you don't know the first steps, please adamclaremont.com slash client list. Love for you to have. It takes 30 seconds. It'll go directly to your inbox. So let's get onto the show and learn a little bit more. So today, I'm really excited to bring you Brandon S. Hire. So you probably know Brandon from uh, a lot of audio forums, uh, Facebook groups, and probably particularly his own blog, The Noise Floor AV. Uh, Brandon's a mix and mastering engineer out of Columbus, Ohio. And he just has such a cool perspective on things. He's always been really helpful and just seems like a really great dude as my earbuds fall out of my ears. So, Brandon, welcome to the if show, If it man. can go wrong, it will go wrong it's in the worst wrong. possible time, right? Where's the cut button? <laughs> so, Brandon, <laughs> uh, I'm really glad you agreed to do this, buddy. Of course. Um, I've been seeing your posts just like many people online for probably a good five years um, and you know, there's a million people on the forums. We all know that. And a lot of them are just kind of some wahoos. A lot of them are really great, but you're just one of those people that sort of like cuts through the, the, the noise, shall we say, a little ode to your, to your blog. And I just feel like you just bring a little bit more, uh, clarity to some things and some other people sometimes. And it just stood out to me. So, um, you know, recently I've, you know, been watching your YouTube channel. I've been seeing your blog. And I just thought, I got to talk to this guy. I got to finally meet this guy and get a little FaceTime. So what part of the country are you from? I'm in New York. I'm in Albany. Okay. Next time I'm in Albany, uh, I'm coming with coffee. Oh, yeah. I got some right next to me. You got some? Uh, I've uh, I've just finished my second cup. I'll be getting more after we're done. Yeah. Well, that that sounds like a plan, man. uh, So you're in Columbus, Ohio, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And and is that where you got your start? Have you always been in Columbus? Uh, I, I've lived a few places in in this country, but um, the most the longest that I, time that I've spent anywhere has been here in Columbus, Ohio. Yes, um, I actually got my my degree here in two thousand four, back when there were virtually no audio schools. You know, full sale was barely on anybody's radar. We had the recording workshop an hour south of here, but you know that wasn't intensive enough for what I wanted to do. So I got an associate's degree at Ohio University. I actually traveled an hour to Zanesville four days a week just to get the degree for you know three years of schooling because there were, weren't many options back then yeah. for somebody who wanted to do audio and, and video, et cetera. I mean, the degree wasn't even in audio recording. It was in 
uh, electronic multimedia, which tells you where things were back then. You know, most of the things that I have learned, I learned after I got that education. So the fact that now here in Columbus, Ohio, there are several schools dedicated just to that, including my friends up at Grooveview. I'm, I'm like, these people have a lot of resources at their disposal that they really should be utilizing. So um, mm. in 2004, I got that degree. 2006, I moved to Indiana, and that's where I really started taking my first clients. Um, well, not, not very many. I lived in a college town, and those are notoriously broke. You know, oh, right, yeah. but um, <laughs> perfect for clients, I got a, right? <laughs> I, I got a right, exactly. Uh, I did get a couple of clients though, and then after that, I moved to um, Denver, Colorado, uh, more specifically up in Conifer, up in the foothills, cool. and I started a mobile studio up there. I would actually take my gear. Uh, a little Boss hard disk recorder, the BR-1600, oh, and yeah. a bunch of microphones and everything else down to people's re rehearsal spaces, record them there, bring it home and mix it there. Did that part-time while working at a grocery store in the deli, you know, and then um, moved back to Ohio in 2010 and slowly started building things up from there. And I've been here ever since then. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and based on your blog, like, you know, that... I've I've gathered quickly that you are an incredibly resourceful person, and like that yeah. idea of like sort of going going where they are that remote thing, and especially then because it was a little bit harder then. Yeah. Um, I, I remember I tried that out probably probably around that same time period. I want to say, oh six oh seven. I tried to get a remote rig going because at the time uh, a laptop and a big interface it, it was it wasn't really quite there, or it was mm -hmm. super expensive. <laughs> right yes. to get anything more than a couple of tracks in with a laptop yes. that was powerful enough and reliable enough. So I had this big O2R and I had a Mackie 24, what was it, Mackie hard disk recorder or Mackie HDR, something like that, in this big-ass uh, uh, travel case. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave up on it like after like the first two two shows maybe. Right. But like, right. yeah, like I love that resourcefulness that you figured out like, you know, where's the niche? You know, what can I do to get in? And that's the thing. you, you got to figure out w what you can do with what you have and just go for it and not question it because it's always going to be challenges. I remember meeting mentors in Colorado, uh, this one guy in, in particular who uh, I actually met because he talked one of my clients into going to him instead. And then when I brought the files over to him so he could finish the project, he was like, okay, well, where's the Pro Tools file? I was like, well, I don't use Pro Tools. He's like, well, what are you using? I'm like... Uh, a Boss BR-1600 and, uh, you know, the these Shure PG-58s, you know, uh, it's like, he's like, hold up. I know guys with 10 times the gear that you have who are saying they're not ready because they don't have enough equipment. And here you are going out there and actually doing this, you know, like, that, that's that's what it takes. And the guy, like, decided to take me under his wing and start, like, uh, mentoring me one-on-one. -on -one. And I'll always be grateful to the guy. Um, his name is Bob Swanson from Swan Pro Studios out in Colorado. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, people recognize it when uh, you, as you apparently have, and I, I appreciate it. You know, I'm trying not to sound, you know, full of myself here, but apparently not when you have a tenacity to just kind of do it and not let anything stop you, people take notice. And so it, it's always good to be recognized for that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, not only do people take notice, but things happen. Mm -hmm. Right. That I mean, it sounds, it's very cliche, but it's like, you know, it's like saying, you know, uh, what is it? You, you miss 100% of the balls of the you shots don't swing you don't at. take. 
right? <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, yep. shots you don't take, whatever. Um, I, I, I just want to repeat what you just said because I, I live by it too. Like that whole idea of like waiting for that perfect moment, waiting for the right gear, waiting for this. Um, you know, Brandon and I were just speaking before this began. You know, we're audio guys, yet somehow we landed in a little bit of a video domain with YouTube and blogging. And I just mentioned, you know, I, I started this thing on a whim myself. And I think so far, most of my videos are out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, I've had Not those. a video person. I'm learning. But the point being, and I think you would agree, is like, you know, um, you I've learned moving. a lot as I've went. And I wouldn't have learned anything had I waited to figure out the... I'm still trying to figure out the video thing, guys. Sorry. Right. So not, <laughs> Why do you think most of my videos were just screen captures with my voice for a long time? Right. Yeah. I wasn't really set up for it. But, you know, I found a way to do it that I felt still represented me in a more professional light. And that got me some, you know, some really cool projects like plug-in walkthroughs for... AIX, DSP, Tokyo Dawn Labs, etc. You know, so I'm like creating content, Boss Digital Labs, Audio Assault for these developers using the screen capture and voiceover approach, you know, heavily inspired by Dan Worrell, who also mentored me through some of that as I was trying to kind of develop that niche of it. But, you know, as I started looking at it going, you know what, I think I want to be a little bit more on camera. I'm like, I, I really got to start diving in and learning this stuff because it's going to look terrible otherwise. And that that's just going to shoot my credibility in the foot. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you you just got to figure out where you are, evaluate what you need to do to get better. Don't be afraid to put out something that is as good as you can do for right now, even if it could be better later, and just keep moving. It's all about forward momentum, period. Agree with that 100%. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's fantastic advice. Yeah. We get so caught up in the tools, right? Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, reading, you know, magazines or, you know, I just dated myself. Nobody's reading the magazines, probably. <laughs> but I'm just, I, I used to flip through like EQ magazine or like even like the Sweetwater catalog, you know, there's just, or just going online, you'll see mixed with the masters and studios La Fabrique. There's so much available to see that looks so sensationalized and amazing. And there's a lot to be, it's, hey, it is amazing, but mm -hmm. it's not needed, right? But we, it, I mean, well, I don't know. Even needed in terms of like, you know, what are our basic needs? Okay, we used to be hunter-gatherers, food and shelter. No, it's not needed in that respect. You know, it's nice to have. And if you have the means, it's awesome to do. Yeah. But as long as you have the basic things that you need to get the job done and you know how to do it with those tools, then okay. What's stopping you? you exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably far better use of money to invest in yourself and your craft mm -hmm. and your abilities than to invest in gear, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One thing that actually helps people kind of learn more about the gear that they have is and that's often overlooked is reading the owner's manual for the for the plugin. It's not just here's how to use this plugin, but it's also Hey, there's some audio concepts in here they're discussing. What is that about? Go down that rabbit hole, start learning, start, you know, figuring it out. What, why are people talking about, you know, uh, linearity? What does linearity mean? Why are people talking about gain structure? What does that mean in the digital realm versus the analog realm? Is there a difference? There is, but we'll get into that another time. Um, <laughs> you know, and why are, you know, start questioning everything that everybody teaches you, not because you're being uh, deliberately skeptical, but because you're trying to figure out where all these pieces fit. And when you invest in yourself in that way, then 
you know, you learn how to adapt to other situations. Like you mentioned being resourceful. I remember my professor in college, I, I, the, the, um, the IO was broken going into, uh, I think it was Adobe Audition. Uh, the IO was broken and I found a way to patch in through, uh, one of my boss hard disk recorders using the uh, RCA outputs into the back of the CD burner and run that into the computer. And he was like, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, really? Uh, I mean, you did it. That's, that's, that's awesome. You did it. Nobody else was figuring out how to do this. I didn't even think of that, but yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you just got to figure out what the pieces are and where they go. And then you, you can take the gloves off and just do what you need to do, you know? So investing in yourself and your and your and your education about what you're doing is extremely important because you start seeing what's in what in the grand scheme of things is the bare bones necessity and what is, you know, icing on the cake. It's cool, but if you don't have it, you still have cake. So that's right. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing a video in college uh, back in the day. Uh, It was Eddie Kramer in the studio and he was producing this band. And I mean, this was this was I think in 2000. Mm. I don't even know when the video was shot, but it seemed fairly current at the time. But you think Eddie Kramer, who he's worked with, and here's this whoever band. But he had I remember he had this eight channel Mackie mixer, and at no point in the video was he going, "Well, normally when I'm on my SSL or when I've got my Studer and I'm you know at Abbey Road, at no point he was just like, okay, I've got a top and a low shelf." <laughs> And he's just just like he's like, all right, so I'm gonna add a little bit of twelve K shelf on this and I'm gonna take a little bit of the low. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm gonna move the mic a little bit. And it was it's and all it was there. Yeah, he doesn't he didn't even care, flinch, he didn't poo-poo it, nothing. A guy who could have any studio in the world. And it sounded it sounded great. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, so I mean if, know, if he can if he can work with a eight channel Mackie mixer I've got well, no nothing to stand on to say I shouldn't be able to do the same thing. You know, I exactly. Got no yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And then, you know, so, Brandon, that, that kind of leads me into another thought here. You know, you, you've you been uh, working in audio for quite some time, mm-hmm. and you seem very busy, and you're always very consistent with your blog, and I see all your posts with your clients and everything, and it's really cool. And then, um, you know, if we can talk about this for a moment, You've been open about your family dynamic as well. You know, you work at home. And I don't know if you want to elaborate elaborate on that, but um, what I'm just amazed at is um, your ability to get work done. A, you talked about your resourcefulness, but also your tenacity amidst a family life that can be pretty stressful and challenging. And I don't hear any complaints. And I'm just going to juxt- I'm not going to dive into it too much on the side, but I just want to preface this too by saying, and not to put anybody down specifically, but you know we hear and see online and in our own lives a lot of people who like to complain about some things that are going on that really seem pretty trivial, and they make excuses for why they can't do the thing that they love. So do, do you want to talk a little bit about what, what your family life is like and, and what you go through sure. in a day-to-day? Sure. Okay. I am one of four adults in the house. I'm the only member of the house who is not disabled in one way or another. My twin daughters are 22 and they are special needs, uh, living with autism, have uh, around the clock 
one-on-one eye contact supervision requirements. Um, and it can be a high intensity uh, thing when things are, you know, heating up behaviorally or, um, you know, when we're having trouble finding staff to come in and, and help us because of staff turnover, which happens sometimes. And then I've got to figure out how to get things done while still making sure that my family is taken care of, which can be a huge challenge, uh, I, which, you know, makes sense to say that. But until you're in the thick of it, you have no idea just how... Oh, my God, <laughs> you, right. you kind of get in those moments. Uh, and then, of course, uh, my wife, unfortunately, is disabled as well, uh, suffering from a migraine that has not stopped once in more than six years. Uh, oh, uh, yes, yes, that's and you I'm not exaggerating that she has had the same migraine since uh, March of 2014, and it has not stopped. It has disabled her and uh, triggered other autoimmune responses. We have a uh, disability benefits hearing, uh, her her third try uh, coming up here in about 30 days. So, you know, fingers crossed on that because that'll take some pressure off and maybe I'll actually get a chance to get a good night's rest, you know, <laughs> um, because, you know, we lost her income when she quit working and I had to make up for that while also at times not having any staff due to restructuring of uh, you know, Medicaid and other things. Uh, we've had some challenging times over the past couple of years. And um, if not for, um, by the grace of God and the skin of, uh, of my teeth and whatever's left of my hair, we, we've made it through that and, uh, you know, are in a more stable place, which is good. And, you know, it's, 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 the thing that all of the challenges I've ever faced in my life have taught me is it's not what happens to you. Everyone has shit that happens to them. You can bleep that if you need to. Everyone <laughs> has shit that happens to them. It's how you respond to it. You know, because it's every things are going to happen to people and that's just the way that life goes. What counts is the way that you respond to that. And that's the only thing that matters. Are you going to give up and say, okay, well, everything just sucks and it's too much for me and I need to quit and try to make things easier, which is valid. Depending on the circumstances, that is very, very, very valid. You know, there are people Mm. who unfortunately have had to place their loved ones, like my twin daughters, in assisted living facilities. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, because they did not have the means, especially over the past few years during restructuring of Medicaid and cuts in other places, to uh, you know take care of their loved one the way that they wanted to at home. So they had to surrender their loved one to the state and place them in a group home uh, just so that they could leave the house and provide for the rest of their family. And that is a terrible, heartbreaking situation that we were almost in. It is not a failure to recognize when you're up against that wall and make that decision. You know, it's merely evaluating where you are and responding appropriately. Again, it's how you respond, you know? So it is valid to make those heartbreaking decisions to, okay, this is too much. I can't handle this anymore. Depending on the circumstance and depending on what else you have going on, every situation is unique to you and you only. So no one else can judge you for the decisions you make and what you decide is good to push through and what you decide is too much. That is all up to you. 
But for me, it was not too much. It was worth fighting to try to preserve things the way that they were because I knew it would be really detrimental to the mental welfare of my not only myself but my wife as well as my twin girls to make the decision to place my girls in a group home. They thrive on familiarity due to autism and, you know, they – thrive on consistency due to the same thing. They need their routine. Anything that in, interrupts that, including all this madness we've had over the last few months, mm. that has disrupted that I'm and sure. that has caused issues. So imagine uprooting them from their home where they know everything and putting them in a group home environment and not feeling like you did everything you could to kind of preserve that for them. I wasn't about to do that until we absolutely had no choice. And it almost came to that in 2017. But thankfully, it didn't. We're here. We made it through that. And not every family that year was as lucky as we were. And that needs to be that needs to be stated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's. It's about keeping your priorities in order, making sure that you know what needs to be done and pushing through with like the just not being willing to budge unless there's no other option. Mm. If you really want it, you have to push for it. And sometimes it takes things being that important to really make you have the drive to push that hard. And that's a good point. Yeah. It is it is it is what it is, but you know, the 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 thing is, as I always tell people, yeah, I've got a lot of challenges on my plate. A lot of people have a lot of challenges on their plate. I'm not special in that. In that, you know, I've sure I've got, uh, you know, young adults in my house who have special needs who need a lot of attention, and I've got to try to work through that. But you know what? It would be similar to having triplets who are all in their, you know, just just verging on their terrible twos <laughs> for a uh, for a single parent. You know what I mean? Uh, and not not saying my wife is like a, a, a triplet in her, her terrible two. Yeah. I'm not equating my wife in that. I'm saying like, right. you know, the stress level, it's similar to that. So some people can relate with that. I just have to deal with it on a longer, more persistent basis. So that stress level is there, but it can be managed. It's just mine has to be managed for a longer period of time. Yeah. So everybody has their challenges. Mine just happens to be longer. What are you going to do about it? You're going to sit there and complain about it? I have done that. I have totally done that, and I'm very guilty of that. But I fair. still had to pick you myself <laughs> up and get back to work. It's called venting sometimes, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I had to pick myself up and get back to work because food still needed to be put on the table. And that's that was the that was the bottom line. That was the only thing I could do after venting was get back to work, get back up and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a heavy story. And, and thank you so much for, you know, that, that's, you know, a lot of private details there. Again, you said a lot that's really important there. A, you mentioned that sometimes it takes a really important occurrence in your life to really give you the motivation to, to move forward, right? If, you, mm -hmm. if, you, if anybody out there likes to listen to, you know, professional or personal development, you call that the why. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's saying, you know, you have a goal. All right, well, what, what's your purpose? What's your why? Because just wanting something isn't enough. There's got to be a reason behind it. Um, so some people struggle with motivation for a lot of reasons. That might be one. They just haven't actually had a good reason to do the thing that they say they love. You know, mm -hmm. and especially in audio, you know, back in the, the good old days of 2019 and earlier, we had such a thing here as interns, did a lot of interviews and brought people in. And I noticed, you know, I'm sure you've mentioned or you've seen this too, uh, and people you've dealt with, Brandon, but 
there's a lot of people who want to do what we do. Not everybody who wants to do what we do is willing to work for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you clearly are willing to work for it. Some people aren't even willing to just show up on time, and that's considered their kind of working for it. Um, so those people clearly haven't really found a good enough reason to go after and do the things that maybe they don't really like to do in order to do the thing that they love. Because everything that you love, there's stuff about it that maybe isn't great. Um, but if it's something you love enough, um, all of those things that aren't great, they become less not great because it, mm-hmm. right, it balances out. Um, so right. if you, you know, you're with people you love in your home, so all that stuff that's not as great is a little bit less not as great because you're with the people, you know, instead mm-hmm. of the alternative yep. is where I'm going, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, my family makes me smile every damn day. I love them to death, right. and I wouldn't <clears throat> want to be anywhere else. I'm very happy where I am in spite of any challenges that make, make people think, you know, oh, you know, he's got everything really horrible. I don't. I've, I've got a wonderful life. I've got a wonderful family. I love it here. You know, there's nothing yeah. wrong with acknowledging that there are challenges. I have that why. You know, preservation was part of that why. But, um, you know, it's uh, sometimes – I'll just say this. Let's. I, I hope for anybody out there who hasn't found that why, that they're able to find it without such extreme circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, we'll put it that way. So let let's talk about <clears throat> you know a little less on the pa- the family side because you gave us that context. Mm-hmm. So with someone with that kind of a, a home dynamic, and you're working from home. Let's let's also mm-hmm. mention that. Um, you know, you don't have some private studio. You don't have you, you don't have the luxury of walking out the door and <clears> leaving <throat> distractions behind you. Even when you're working, nope. you're still in the environment in, in, a, in a way. So it's still around you. Um, yeah. And these things, you know, if, if you're if you're listening and thinking this is not related to audio, you're a million percent wrong because right. so much of the job is not about the product that you give at the end of the day. It's the how you get there. And right. in order for anybody to deliver work, no matter what you do at a high level, your mental state, your physical state, everything around you, your environment really needs to be a, a, in a certain way in order for you to really be able to focus and do the best work, right? It's difficult right. if you don't have those things in order. So w- what, I was, what I'd like to ask you, Brandon, is considering the context of, of your environment, you must have created, and you, and you mentioned your girls thrive on um, familiarity and routine. So you, I'm imagining, I'm assuming that in order for you to be as consistent as you are with the work that you do and to be able to provide for your family, you must have that sort of consistency and routine with your life, I'm imagining, built in a way that allows you to put yourself in a place to work at a high level still and produce quality work. Can you can you elaborate a little bit on like what I you've can. done? Maybe it's something that, that people can pick up on and, and people who are struggling to get to that next point, maybe they can see like, okay, well, that is clearly working, so it must be able to work for me. Sure. Um, And on that note, if it works for one person, it might not necessarily work for another person. So I would say use the main point, the main idea behind something instead of, uh, you know, saying, well, I have to do this exact system the exact way this person points out. Use the main point behind why and adapt that to you and think, well, what makes sense in that context for me? That's what I would advise anybody to do. I live with ADHD. So for me, routine is also extremely important. Uh, I get distracted super easily, which doesn't help when I have to work out in the main room of the house around my my girls. I love them, but they are 
distracting, <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, and so it, that means on days that I know that I'm going to be, you know, prioritizing dad duty, I can't have something major on my plate. I have to evaluate what I'm going to be able to reasonably accomplish in a given day or time and in a given time span. And you know, uh, uh, accommodate that appropriately by not scheduling things like interviews uh, on like Sundays when I'm out in the main living room surrounded by the noise of, you know, uh, uh, kids shows like Lenny and Larry and Bo on the Go, like repeated <laughs> over and over and over again for 58 hours, you know, um, it's, it is what it is. Uh, you have to be that. I mean, that one may seem obvious for any of the parents out there. Oh, he's working in audio. He doesn't want to do it when he's around his kids and it's too noisy. I don't always have a choice in that matter. There's a video on my YouTube pr- channel. Uh, some may have seen it, but not very many did based on the analytics, and that's fine. It's still out there if anyone wants to see it, about some of the challenges that I've had to face when working in audio at the living room table. And I shot that just off the cuff on my iPhone, no special mic going into the phone, you know, so that I could get good audio. I didn't even bother with lighting or anything. This, that was completely unscripted, raw, real, the way that it is for me on days like that. With the sound of, you know, my daughters in the room, they're not on camera. I want to protect them from from YouTube for their own dignity, but I'll talk about them. And, you know, you hear what it's like sonically in that room while I'm in there trying to get work done. And quite frankly, with that in mind and how many times I have to shift what room I'm in in the house, it's no wonder I've moved from mixing on monitors to mixing in headphones because there's no way that I can consistently wait for the day of the week when I might be able to get up to my control room and turn the monitors on to to do a mix recall. You know, uh, a client wants it now. I got to do it now. I'm not going to tell them, well, I'm not going to be back in the control room until Wednesday. But, dude, it's Thursday. You're going to make me wait six days? Yeah, that's yeah. not going to fly. It's not going to fly. So I've con- I've switched to mixing with headphones, and I've gotten so good at it, especially thanks to these Olos, that you know I, I'm mixing and mastering exclusively on these now. I took down my monitors the other day in my control room because I'm just simply not using them. Yeah. I have a mobile session coming up. I'm going to take them to that. But other than that, I'm, I'm just not using them for anything. They're collecting dust, so I took them down because they're taking up space, and I can use that space in that room when I'm up there filming videos for things like lighting and other set elements and all of the audio that I'm doing monitoring-wise is through these. You know, I don't have clients in there to impress with my, with my monitors because it's my home. I'm not bringing them into my home unless they already know my girls and my girls are comfortable with them. So, you know, things like that. You know, uh, understanding what your needs are in your environment and adapting it appropriately. Right now, I am in a walk-in closet off of the master bedroom. I'm touching this wall. I'm touching the other wall right now. I'm touching this wall, and now I'm touching the door. A (laughs) five-foot-by-five-foot room off of the master bedroom that's about nine feet tall. And I have some, you know, it looks kind of cool on camera, which I know you can't see it right now. You'll see it when you get the footage later from my end, but it looks kind of cool on camera here, but it is just a walk-in closet. It is sweaty in here, I've got a little USB powered fan to help keep me cool when I'm not when I don't have a hot mic on. But this way I'm able to hear through these paper thin walls. On the other side of that wall is the stove in the kitchen. I can hear if my daughter is having a meltdown. 
back there behind me, if my wife needs my help, she's in bed six feet from me. If she needs me, I can hear her. I can get up and address the issue. I'm in a central location in the house where I can hear everything and I can address whatever needs to happen. I'm not doing a lot of actual recording in this space unless it's, you know, a voiceover or something like that. And if I'm doing something other than that, it's usually something that can be done with a virtual instrument or a DI input like a guitar, you know? So you, you just, you have to, as, as I said earlier, look at the things that you have to face and just make the changes that you need in order to continue to move forward in spite of whatever challenges you may have in your world. Because it doesn't matter if you're not producing content. It doesn't matter if you're not finishing projects. You know, I remember when I was first trying to figure all of this out, I had a client who knew that my kids were special needs and knew that one of them has obsessive compulsive disorder and will create three hour long meltdowns if she doesn't get the thing that she wants. You know, so even though I'm telling the guy, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't finish your mix revisions. I had to guard the freezer for three hours because somebody wanted more chicken nuggets and I wouldn't let her have any more because you can't just eat chicken nuggets for dinner every day. And it turned into a big long thing that lasted for hours. Well, I lost that client because they didn't care. Yeah. They weren't very understanding of that. They were like, well, just control your freaking kid, dude. I'm like, yeah, you don't get it. You say you get it, but you don't get it. So at some point, you know, that's right. I good say. riddance to the, them. The, they, if they don't get that, then that's a client. There, there's going to be other things down the line that are right. insignificant that they'll still blow up over. So those are the people right. I don't mind losing either. So <laughs> I, I don't either. But, you know, the, the other thing was I still hadn't ironed out how to work with these conditions yet at, no. the, at that point in time. I dropped the ball on that client because I was still trying to figure everything out. You know, I was still trying to figure why I wasn't proficient mixing on headphones yet. I didn't have monitors at home. They were at the studio space I was renting at the time, which I eventually closed so I could come home and be a caregiver to my kids and basically work at home, start up the blog and everything else that I needed to do. Um, you know, I, I, I was in a different circumstance at the time, and that was not sustainable given the uh, increasing need at home. And... So I don't fault them for leaving. I dropped the ball. I, you know, recognize your failures and don't dwell on it. What can you do to improve it? For me, it was pull the plug on the facility I was renting. Thank God I didn't have any debt on any of the gear I had, you know, right. uh, but pull the plug on the facility that I was renting, uh, liquidate anything I absolutely didn't need and just downsize to only the smallest footprint necessary so I can move around from room to room take care of the family where I'm needed and take care of my clients while I'm taking care of my family and just, you know, move from an hourly rate on mixing to a flat rate because I don't know if I'm going to get pulled away for two hours to address a meltdown. What if I forgot to clock out? Oh, crap. So how much do I actually, how much am I actually owed? Am I overcharging? Am I undercharging? No, I'm not worrying about any of that. It's all a flat rate now. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm, I just simplify everything, make it, what you need to do in order to keep moving and just focus on forward momentum. Because as long as you are moving forward, that is progress. It's not completion of everything in the perfect way, in the perfect time frame, every single time. It is moving forward and consistently doing so. That's the only measure of success that you can use in situations like this, especially. Mm. I like, I like, I like the whole thing. 
I like all that. <laughs> and one of the things that I'm hearing is sort of like you're not holding and I feel like I'd, I'd feel the same way too. You're not necessarily putting anything on a pedestal. You're not holding anything too sacred mm-hmm. as like, this is how I do it. This is what I need. This is where I need to be. You know that well, how to do the job. Right. And you're just exactly. willing to continue to do the job, whatever you got around you, wherever you are in whatever time of day. It's kind right. of what I'm hearing. And exactly. That's kind of, again, just, damn, dude, you're just a resourceful. <laughs> you're just a, you got to res- be. Yeah. You know, um, at a certain point, you've just got to be able to figure it out and keep moving. Yeah. And because, you know, at, at the end of the day, nobody's asking me, well, do you, you know, what, what accommodations can I make for your, your family life? They're asking me about, well, where's my product? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you're basically, you're, you're just not really getting hung up on the details. Right. You know, you're not sitting there going, well, I, again, what we mentioned before. Well, I can't really do this yet because I don't have this set up or I don't have that set up or that's really inconvenient for me over here. I'm used to doing it that way and I can't do it that way now. So I'll wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. No. Right. That's right. Anytime that you see downtime, look at what you could be doing during that downtime. And that really is not something that's very easy for somebody who has ADHD like me. You get Mm. distracted with the phone games or with the radio or with politics or whatever it may be. And you just want to keep kind of, you know, feeding your brain to get that dopamine hit and not focusing on what you could be doing better. But the other the other morning, you know, with my wife and I were discussing, you know, system upgrades, a new computer for me. This one's about five years old. And. You know, I had to take her to two doctor appointments in a row, and I'm basically sitting in the car for three hours just twiddling my thumbs waiting for these appointments to be over. I'm like, if I had a laptop, I could be editing these videos that I'm releasing in October right now. Right. Or I could be, you know, trying to get this this guitar amp tone dialed in an amplitude or something. You know, I, I, if I had – I mean, I've got the headphones that I trust. I could do this in the car if I had a laptop. So now I'm thinking, okay, well, if I do get a – you know, a new desktop computer for most of my work, should I also be getting a laptop so when I can go out and do these things while waiting and sitting idly, I can still be productive and keep working? You know, where are the opportunities for that to happen? And, you know, you just got to keep evaluating things. As you find that downtime, what can I be doing with this? And just try to keep going. And that's really tough to do sometimes, but you've got to do it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. And that's something that... I didn't really learn that perspective um, until later on. Probably, I'm going to guess maybe like five or so years ago. And what I'm talking about is like actually intentionally evaluating your day, evaluating mm-hmm. your productivity and saying, what can I do better? And I'm not talking about, you know, EQing the vocal better or anything like that. And again, like that stuff, that I know it has its place. And, you know, I don't want to make people think that I don't care about the sound of a product. It's important. But there are so many other things that can go into your day and and into your craft and just into your you know your your box of tools that has nothing to do with EQing your vocal or getting the loudest kick drum. And what I'm saying is like you know it, if you can pinpoint that you just wasted an hour. And and here's a kicker: think about the amount, amount of time you're thumbing through Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. That's not really like productive. And 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 if we're being honest. Maybe I'm the only one here. I'm sure I'm not. It's not all that enjoyable. <laughs> not all the time, you know? It's not designed to be. It's designed to keep you hooked in, yeah. but it's so, not designed to be enjoyable. If you can start to evaluate those things, and here's the thing, you have to you have to intentionally do this. It's not gonna mm-hmm. you're not gonna accidentally one day go, Oh, I just realized I'm really inefficient and I know exactly what to do. This is like sort of a skill that you sort of have to incorporate 
into your work life or your personal it, life. It, and it's really just it's saying, just, okay, where, where's the fat? Right. What are my goals? I'm not getting there fast enough. Well, look at all this time wasting on Facebook. Or it's like you mentioned, you, you realize like, uh, you know, for me, when I'm in line at the grocery store, <laughs> it's like 10 minutes. It's email time for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the stuff I don't have to wait around in the studio and doing that. Or you're going to bugging my family at home because I'm on my phone instead of paying attention to them. It's just like, I'm not, I'm not, it's either that or stare at the tabloid magazines. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't even do grocery stores anymore. It's uh, order online, Instacart, yeah. grocery delivery, all of that. There you go. Which, that's another way to just honestly, be quicker. That's, yeah. that's not for everybody. It <clears throat> is a little more expensive sometimes depending on which service you use. But, you know, that's that's not the point. Where am I saving that time and what opportunity can I use with that time to make more money or provide better care for my family, et cetera? Instead of spending, you know, 90 minutes going around, especially during a pandemic, at a grocery store surrounded by the public, uh, you know, we were doing this before the pandemic. But, you know, instead of doing that, I'm, you know, having my, my daughters help me pick the grocery list on the app and then hitting order and then, you know, taking them with me to go pick it up at the curbside or something. And they, they like doing that, but they aren't getting overwhelmed by the by the magnitude of the inside of the store or by all the noises from inside, et cetera. I don't have to sit there and wait for, you know, the, the, the queen coupon lady in front of me uh, <laughs> or, OK, you know, I support the WIC program, but sometimes those transactions go really slow. And when you have somebody in, with autism in line with you who is really anxious about getting through the line and getting to the next thing that can cause a meltdown situation and it is what it is so i've just completely eliminated any need for going into a store that i don't have to thank now that the internet will do that for me you know Mm. there's a large part of it that is about automation and consolidation and delegation and sure those are things that are really helpful with adhd but with anything in life whatsoever if you don't have to be doing it and it's not going to be a significant burden to outsource it, outsource it. Yeah. Outsource it. Period. Or eliminate it. Yeah. <laughs> eliminate it. Yes. Why do I need to worry about a huge, you know, console and racks full of gear when, you know, I'm always, you know, moving around to different rooms in the house? As long as I've got all of my drives with me and I have, you know, a uh, environment that I can listen to right here on my head that's consistent, I can get my work done. So why do I need to worry about all of the outboard stuff? You know, I've consolidated it all into a very small footprint in a five by five closet. You know, it is what it is. You don't need it. So get rid of it. And then... If you're able to use it, awesome. If I get some time up in my master control room where I've got two amazing sounding Ramsa consoles and I've got a a mix or master that doesn't have a hard deadline and the client can wait for the day when I can get back up there to do the reprint, I'll use them because I love them. But most of my work does not go through them Hmm. because it, it is not practical for me. I will take them to, to to various studios when I'm tracking so I can use the preamps um, for recording. But if I am just working at home, they don't get much use. I keep them because I love them, but they don't get much use. So, mm. you know, if, if it's not 100% necessary, why are you putting all of your time and energy into it? Wherever it is in your life, you got to trim it out if you're trying to be more efficient because that'll give you more time to get more done and make you feel more productive, basically. Brandon, that's a great place to end. Thank you. That was, (laughs) 
I, I knew I knew that you would be uh, bringing some great thought and, and some great perspective and, and ideas for people. Um, but yeah, you, you really blew my mind here. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I just I want everybody to. I mean, you know, I would love you to listen to this episode. I'd I'd love you to listen to this episode twice. I'm gonna say that. Um, again, you know, we all want the loud kick drum. We all want the great sounding vocal and, and the film and all that kind of stuff. And I know you're gonna get there. But the stuff that gets you there is sometimes not the cue or the gear. It's it's really these practices and the mindset and the day to day that Brandon, you know, outlined for you. It's it's really the motivating factor. It's the why that he mentioned. It's it's just doing it. It's not waiting. It's just doing it, learning as you go. You're gonna get there so much faster if you just put the pedals in motion. Um, mm-hmm. So listen back to this twice because he just dropped so much knowledge and so many great nuggets. I can't even recap them all. Uh, and the last thing I'll say before you wrap that up on that yeah. note is don't listen to the internet. <laughs> listen listen to your clients. Don't listen to the internet. Because the internet is going to tell you, well, you can't do this without this or this or this or this or this or this. Your clients are only going to care about what they hear. Your clients are only going to care about you delivering on time and that they enjoy the results you gave them. The internet is going to say, well, you're not a pro because you don't have this or this or this. Like the guy uh, who mentored me out in Colorado. I know people who have 10 times the gear you have who won't start because they don't feel like they have what they need. And these were, you know, probably people who were hanging out on gear sluts all day, listening to people feed them this BS narrative that they are not well-equipped enough to be professionals. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. If I need a room to track drums in, there are plenty of great-sounding rooms here in Columbus, Ohio I can I can outsource to, go to as a guest engineer and work from. And I'm sorry, but I don't care what random internet person says about the sound of, uh, of a uh, recording or mixing session that they were not a part of making the decisions on. My client is happy with the level of the banjo in that rock song. <laughs> I don't care what you think. <laughs> Basically, because my client is very happy with that. It represents their their desired uh, you know, artistic vision. So I don't care what you think because the person who paid me is happy. Yeah. So don't listen to the internet. Listen to your clients. Good advice. That's the last piece. <laughs> Brandon, thank you so much for hanging out today. Uh, everybody, uh, for more information or to reach out to Brandon directly, you can visit uh, noisefloorav.com. Uh, I'm going to add that description or, or that link in the description below so you can check that out. And please check out his YouTube channel again, Noise Floor AV. Uh, he has some great content there. Oh, by the way, Brent, I forgot to ask, uh, the, what what other gear do you plan on destroying anytime soon? Anything coming for uh, us? I've, <laughs> I've had some requests for some uh, old PV amps that the legend is that they would survive being tossed out of the back of a moving vehicle. Ah. Um, but I have yet to find one, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, that, that 58 still works, so, you know, I'm, I, 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 I don't know. We'll, we'll see what else goes. Um, you yeah. know, uh, pe- people love that video, so I may keep going down that road for sure. But um, Check out I the mean, video, that, everybody, that was a lot of fun. channel. Yeah, he's got a, a, a great video about a 58. I'll say no more. Um I'll say no it more. It lived. Just know that it, it's it's <laughs> tough as nails and would probably survive after Keith Richards dies. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, be sure to um, give him uh, give him a subscribe. Hit his bell. Make sure you're checking out all of his videos. He has some great tutorials. Um, and you, you heard it today. I mean, just such a cool guy. Um, this is somebody that you want to listen to. Forget the whole thing. He said, don't spit, 
don't listen to people on the internet. Take a listen to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank right. you. Uh, and also, while you're here on Adam's channel, don't forget to uh, smash the like button for the YouTube algorithm, as uh, Graham Stephan would say. But yeah, um, <laughs> you know, hit the like button because that'll tell YouTube what videos it should show to other people based on who likes what. And uh, also, like and uh, hit, hit the uh, hit subscribe and ring the notification bell on Adam's channel while you're here as well. So thank you very much for watching. All right. Well, much love in the virtual room we're in right now. <laughs> thank Fist you, bump. Brandon. Uh, and right, for everybody man. else, uh, don't forget adamclaremont.com slash client list. It'll help you get some ideas on how to reach out to the next people that you really want to be working with. And cool. that's kind of all we have today. Uh, Love this episode. Make sure you listen back again, write some things down, and let me know in the comments uh, what resonated with you the most today. All right. We'd love to hear how what Brandon mentioned is going to help you in your journey and in your audio career. All right, everybody. So I'll talk to you soon. Brandon, thank you very much. See you all next time.